0: hi i'm tashi from paint by tashi Jade bell on instagram
1: hi i'm yonja from germavolt
0: and this is the beauty business podcast thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoy the episode hello everyone welcome back to the beauty business podcast today we have an exciting guest yeah yonja and i are super excited that we have faye delante with us today, she's this amazing person and he, she's going to talk to us about sustainability in fashion. How are you, Faye?
2: Good morning, lovelies. I'm very well and thank you for having me. It's oh, great no. to be with you. Welcome, oh.
0: Faye. We, I, thank you. you. <laughs> I think when we met Faye at that event, <laughs> I was like, I saw your Instagram. I was like, oh my God, can you please come on the show? Because it's such a good story that you have and you've even written a book about what you do.
2: I have, yeah. And thank you for, for noticing my work. It was, it was cool to run into you. And yeah, look, it's, um, it's really my passion and, and my life's work in all honesty. And it's been a really interesting journey. But I think, um, the book is, yeah, the kind of the ultimate expression of that. And it wasn't something that I set out to do. It was, is quite, um, quite a crazy journey how it all sort of happened and I think a big part of it was lockdown like you know we couldn't yes, go anywhere and we couldn't yeah. do anything so I was like I can either lie in the corner and cry or I can yeah. get, get busy and write a book so, so let's write a book yeah <laughs> so I think I that's so yeah.
0: productive and so good of you I mean to share your knowledge with all of us
1: Faye I'd love to meet you one day but you too tell, yeah tell us a bit more about yourself and what you actually do for our audience
2: Okay, so I am. I, it's it's hard to really explain what I do because there's so many layers. I can't just say yeah. like I'm a doctor <laughs> or I'm a like pharmacist. Um, but I guess I'm a kind of a doctor in a different way, in the sense that you know, I my my work is all about um, really kind of healing and transforming the way that we see secondhand fashion. So yeah. predominantly, I work as a thrift stylist. So that yep. means. I work with exclusively thrift, you know, secondhand, sustainable, mindful clothing. Mm-hmm. And my my main role at the moment is with the Salvation Army, with Salvo stores. So in Australia, we call all of the Salvation Army thrift stores Salvo stores. So mm-hmm. I, I work in the creative realm of that. So it's really my job to show people why thrifting is so amazing, why it's so oh. important for mm-hmm. community, why it's so important for people for planet and also for our kind of well-being you know it's yes. it's been quite a spiritual journey for me really I've always been into thrift but when it became you know my my focus and my work yeah. it was quite mm-hmm. interesting how it sort of transformed other areas of my life um, like slowing down really helped me kind of look at how I was being too crazy and fast in other aspects. But mm. I think look, the main part of my job is storytelling and, and really like shape shifting. So styling outfits is, is one part of it, but the big part is like telling the story and making it relevant and linking it to fashion and linking it to trends and, and really just taking people on the journey and getting them excited about sustainability and, and about thrift. Wow. That
1: sounds all amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have to admit, I was a huge thrift shopper years ago, um, but I think you've inspired
2: me to get back into (laughs) it. Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) And see, that's the main, that's why I do what I do. You know, that's when people go, oh, my God, I used to do this, I need to get back to it. Or, wow, I've never thought about this. I should go have a look. Mm -hmm. Like that just makes my life, honestly, when someone says that to me because, you know, fashion is is a really powerful platform. It can be really influential. It can be really healing. It can be really uh, inspiring. But the other side of it, it can be really overwhelming, intimidating, mm. you know, mm. um, excluding, you know, all these things. So I really love when people have those light bulb moments and they're like, oh, I want to try it or I want to get back to yeah, it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's so so cool.
1: what what was the passion like? When did this passion and focus for pre love like when did this all start
2: and how did what inspired you to get into it? Good question. I think honestly, I came out thrifting. Like my mum and my dad have always been into secondhand antiques, vintage. Yeah. So I I grew up around that. My dad mm. always had you know beautiful magazines and beautiful books about fashion, and my mum was. Has always been very thrifty. She would be able to get something, you know, for $2 from an op shop and she would make it look like a scene from Vogue.
0: She just had wow. this That's incredible,
2: incredible knack for. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. And she's to have me a so very, much.
0: really like a good sense of fashion to be able to do that as well. Yes,
2: I think so. But I think that comes from surrounding yourself with it, right? So when mm. I was a kid, I didn't really. This sounds funny, but I didn't really read like traditional fairy tale books. I read Vogue, oh, and that's I read cool. like, <laughs> I read like fashion magazines because they were just they were like my fairy tales. I loved the color. I loved seeing the clothes, and and yeah. then what what yeah. happened was it sort of got in by osmosis. You know, I would learn yeah. the language of fashion, and then I would learn about cuts yeah. and form and designers, and so it was always around me. And it, as a kid, I was always going to antique stores and op shops with my parents that was my that was our weekends we'd go antiquing we'd go thrifting we'd go vintage hunting and our house was always filled with antiques and you know beautiful pieces and my parents would really connect me to the story of each piece like we're buying this because, you know, it's from the 1930s. It's a lady lamp, and wow. this was this was an era of Art Nouveau oh, and Art, man. you know, Art Deco. And so they would take me on Good. that journey, and so wow. that really that really connected so me to my story. They really had a lot
1: more purpose behind it because generally when people go out shopping, it's just because they like it. <laughs> That's right,
2: and <laughs> yeah, my parents have always been really connected to it, and I'm so grateful that they instilled that in me to wow. understand the story, right? And so. I think it's always been there. It was always playtime. But then when I left my first job and I went overseas, Mm. I was on a really tight budget. I didn't have a lot. And so I reflected back on my mum's thriftiness and I was like, okay, well, why can't I look like all these bougie girls in London even (laughs) if I don't have the money? So I started really thrifting again and people would ask me, Where's that from? That's such a cool outfit. Mm -hmm. And then I could take them on a journey. And then I realised I'm onto something here. So that's kind of how it started. And then when I came back to Australia, I could see that I could help the Salvation Army. I could help that charity and use my unique gifts. And so we joined forces and, yeah, it's Ten years later, here we are. I never thought that this would be what I would
0: be yeah. doing. Oh, you've been with the Salvos for ten years.
2: Yeah, almost wow. ten years now.
0: Oh, amazing. Yeah. One other question quickly. Um, yes. What do your parents do? They sound so um, very educated in terms of like… Um, cultured. Culture. Saying, yeah, very yeah. cultured.
2: Yeah. They are very cultured and I'm really grateful to them, especially um both being white, you know, they really mm. they really introduce me to so many different cultures, you know, mm. black music and like so my dad works in the music industry and he always has. He oh, works in wonderful. he works in licensing and publishing and he used to work in A and R artist and repertoire. Nice. So he's always been around music. And mm. my mum was actually um, a model and she worked for um, a beautiful store back in London in the day called Bieber, Biba, B I B A, which was a really iconic store. You should definitely Google that and check I out will the store. Google that. Check yeah. out the history of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one, once once mum had me, she her her job was being a mum, which is absolutely mm. a job as well. Um, yes. And then yeah, so I think the the kind of that culture and that education comes from them really mm. being surrounded by it, living in London. That's where I was mm. born. Um, and oh, my wow. dad's my dad's influence with music, and as we all know, there's such a correlation between music and fashion. Yes, yes. Um So that's yep. really been such a beautiful training ground for me. And dad and I, we still communicate in that language of music and fashion. We send mm-hmm. each other things, and yeah, it's really interesting. Like, um, funny you
1: mention um, fashion and music because it was actually music that inspired me to get into thrift shopping because I was a wow. huge fan of, um, do you remember No Doubt, like Gwen Stefani, yeah, yeah. Like, and the way she used to dress was amazing back in her heyday, totally. and to find that style is so, it was so hard to find, like, you'd have to go up shopping to find those sorts of pieces, because, you know, you couldn't just walk into Myra and find what, like, she was wearing. Um, yeah, so it, it's actually interesting that you mentioned that because that's actually how I started back in back in the day.
2: That's so cool. and I think that's the thing with thrifting is you can thrift all of the eras and you mm. can thrift all of the the styles because you know each thrift store has its own demographic, it has its own donation slash customer base. Yeah. It has its own, you know, location. Some vin- some thrift stores will have more vintage, others won't. You know, it's mm. each place is different. But what that does is allows you to tap into your creativity and mm. your inner child and create those outfits and 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 you know put together a Gwen Stefani inspired look. Yes. That yep. no one else will have. Yeah, and at, and we're yeah. and we're seeing the return of that now with Y2K and '90s, like just at the forefront of you know so much of street style fashion and yeah. runway style. Um, thrifting is the perfect place to get it. So I'm not surprised that you did that. That's very smart. No,
1: I and I used to have a friend like who was into it, so it's always nice to have a friend who's into it with you. Yes. So we we go and try and discover these shops, and I, I never forget there used to be this really really cool. It was like a hidden gem in Parramatta, and um. And we'd always go there. It was like one of our favorite. And I never forget, she ended up buying this beautiful, like, vintage 70s um, dress for her formal wow. for $5. Wow. And um, yeah. <laughs> That's and- amazing. And um, she ended up wearing it, and everyone was complimenting her because it was so unique and it was so different. Yep. Um, and it just looked amazing. Like you wouldn't believe that she spent $5 on it because it was just such a beautiful piece. And, um, yeah, and, and we used to do that all the time, but our, it ended up closing down. Um, I'm not sure if they ended up relocating or, or just shutting down completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah <laughs> and then from there it just kind of we went on to like other stores and stuff so we kind of like I suppose, grew out of the up shopping, but now I'm like, I should get back into it
2: because <laughs> it was actually really fun. It's so fun. And it, for me it's therapy as well. Like whenever I'm feeling a little flat or, you know, a little overwhelmed, I'll go thrifting because it's oh, like okay. it's it's my happy place, you know. Yeah. It's a pla- it's a place where I can – it's just like a giant closet and a treasure chest. So, mm. you know, I let the clothes guide me and excite me and make me think of things and, and you know, help me tap into my creativity and Talking yeah. about your friend with her $5 formal dress, I think the other beautiful thing there is that thrifting has really taught me to just remove judgment of a garment, remove yeah. the label, remove where it's from, remove what gender it is, remove what, yeah. you know, what, whatever, like it just allows you to just make it what you want and that's true style to me. It doesn't matter what you spend. It's yeah. really about how you how you own it and how you Absolutely. put it together. Yeah, um, absolutely. So that's so cool. She did that. That's cool. Yeah,
1: and you know what I find fascinating is, for for <laughs> yourself, like someone who's grown up to read Vogue and be, have such exposure into, like you know, the fashion industry and all that sort of stuff, but to still be so humbled. To actually love pre-love because generally people who are really into fashion tend to go the up, lean towards the other way and end up wanting to have Chanel and Dior. <laughs> yes,
2: and I you and know. I totally get that. And I'm a Libran. Don't get me wrong. I like beautiful things, um, yes. but but I just I, there's something in me that just feels that why can't that thrifted fashion be as beautiful as Chanel or Balenciaga yeah. or why yeah. can't we make a thrifty version of it? Mm. Yeah, And in terms of luxury, I I think that's another great way to be sustainable in the sense that if you buy a handbag that is a luxury item and that you love it and you're going to wear it and you're going to come back to it like the classic, you know, black Chanel CC bag or, Mm. you know, a Louis Vuitton bag, something like that will never go out of style, especially if you buy a classic, you know, um, style of that. So I think mm. also, too, looking at the pre-loved luxury market is another yeah. really great way to go. And so it doesn't mean that you have to miss out. Mm. I think it's just, you know, yeah, it's just the overarching thing for me is there's so much in existence. Let's let's make that beautiful first before yeah. we go buy new stuff.
0: Um, mm. Yeah, yeah so I, absolutely. So I, I, I collect luxury bags. So where's this pre-loved? <laughs> Luxury store at <laughs> like, give me the deets. <laughs> yeah, well there's lots
2: there's lots of places. I guess the two the two main portals to check out mm. online and online. there are sto- mm. there are storefronts in New York and London, I believe, but there's yep. um the Real Real mm. um, and Vestiae they are two um portals that are filled with luxury items pre-loved. Okay. And they're and they're Wonderful. all authenticated. Um, nice. I also believe now that eBay has an authentication section on their um, authentic items. Wonderful. Okay. So you can actually look for, you know, pre-love Chanel, Gucci, et cetera, and there, there's a verification process that you can um, wow. tap into so that you know that it's legit. Yeah, and
0: that's then, a good tip. Yeah, thank and you. And then here in,
2: here in Sydney, I mean, mm. you have consignment stores and pre-love luxury stores pretty much in every big city. But mm. he, here in Sydney, um there's quite a few. And mm. I believe there's actually a level that's opened on David Jones in David Jones now um with a small business called Blue Spinach. And nice. they have beautiful, pre-loved designer handbags, shoes scarves, really? belts, everything. Yeah,
0: actually, we,
1: we need to
0: go We We need to go. We we need to bring, f- no, actually, we need to bring Faye yeah. with us.
1: Can we yeah. do it? Yeah, Faye yeah, with
0: us and then to teach us how to, like, style and everything. I mean, that would be such a cool experience. Yeah, let's do it. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. That's amazing.
1: So how how did you get into this whole fifth styling, like working with the salvos and, like, how did that all begin?
2: It's so crazy how it all began. I never set out to be like step one, I'm going to do this. Step two, I'm going to do that. It was yeah. just me following my bliss and my bliss mm. is thrift shopping and op shopping and mm. and making these creations out of things that people have, you know, deemed uncool or outdated or too cheap mm. or too weird or whatever. I was like, no, I <laughs> like I want to shift that. Um, And so when I came back to Australia, because I was living overseas for a while, when I came back to Australia, I was just doing that anyway. And people kept asking me about my outfits. And, Mm. you know, I have always been a Salvo's customer. And, Mm. you know, I always had always been thrifting in those stores. So the opportunity came up for me to do something because I work in media as well in television and so mm. the opportunity came up for me to do a segment about you know uh, DIY and sustainability yes. and so I needed to tap into some additional clothing pieces and elements for that segment and so I just reached out to the Salvos and once we did that we were kind of like ah oh, Maybe we need to do some other things. So we yeah, just yeah. we just started chatting, and and I could I could see how I could help because you know there's so many fantastic clothes in those stores, but they weren't being as highlighted as much as you know they 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 could have. So
1: yeah, yeah, we yeah. just
2: decided that let's you know let's try some things and let's work on some things, and and now you know even my work aside, gosh, to see what they're doing just on their own is. It's amazing. They're just forging forward, and
0: they you know, are. I, I. I. There's a Salvo store that I visit in Bondi. I was
2: and, there yesterday. Yeah. Oh, it's a were you? Store.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a really good store. <laughs> it actually, I don't know. They, it looks more upmarket. Yes. Than um like other up shops. I mean, it that seem is that a trend that they're adopting, like to making it look more upmarket, so people will be encouraged to thrift and absolutely so that's the
2: new that's the new branding that will eventually roll out in all of the salvation army stores in australia um so you're seeing that new branding which is gorgeous Mm -hmm. and and absolutely because i think where was this
1: at bondi
2: bondi yeah
0: Yeah. we've driven past it before um yeah and i need to go yeah we need to go Yonja. it's It's, this store is fantastic they have like designer stuff in it as well i'm like uh, oh my god (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's the a beautiful The thing with store. op shopping that I find, I know like there's heaps of online places now, but I love going in. Look, like, yeah, I, do I do. love yeah, I love walking yeah. in and going on that exploring and finding that treasure.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, and I'm the same. But what was interesting for me during lockdown was that the Salvos created an online store, obviously because all of our stores were shut, and we have like yeah. 350 plus stores but no one could go thrifting yeah so so they created an online store and now I I want to say I love shopping there almost as much as going into a thrift store I'm the same as you girls I still love going I have to go in I have to be amongst it I have to see the clothes I have to touch them but some of the things I have found online oh my god Really. (laughs) like Incredible and I've never even tried them on but knowing my body shape, knowing my Mm. style has really helped me be able to determine, yeah, that'll work, that'll fit. Um, Mm. and if it doesn't you know you can you can send it back it's fine they have a really great returns policy but I never I never thought I'd be into it but I am really into online thrifting now as well (laughs) because what I'll do is I'll create like a wish list and I'll put things in my favorites so it's kind Mm. of almost like I'm digitally having that experience you know and Mm. then I can kind of look back at it and go Oh yeah, I love that one. No, I don't think I want that
0: now. So it's yeah, it's, it's
2: pretty cool. Like it is cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. into it.
0: I really like that idea. I, I need to go onto that website too. Yes,
2: salvo so that, website. that's it's salvo and so they have um, sections for everybody. Not that I adhere to that. I shop every section, but mm-hmm. they have, and each week they have a fifty percent off as well. So that each week there's a different color. So you can shop 50% off blue tags or yellow tags or whatever. I'm going to get shopping uh, soon. (laughs) But I've found some incredible things, beautiful designer pieces, vintage men's suits, like just insane stuff. What is
1: like the most insanest thing you bought that was like absolutely dirt cheap but like the most complimented?
2: Probably my authentic Hermes scarf that I found for a dollar. No
0: way. No Yes. <laughs> <laughs> A and, no oh way.
2: and you know the cool thing about that story is that I just because I love scarves. I love yes. vintage silk scarves. Mm. And I turn we- I turned them into skirts and tops and jackets and all sorts of things. That's that's mm. another story. But um I so I bought it just because I loved how it looked. It was beautiful colours, like green, white, gold, black all my kind of my palette. And yeah. so I bought it for that reason. But the cool thing about that scarf is that my husband is really into scarves as well because he likes to wear them as cravats. Yes. So oh, he wanted yeah. to, this, this one day when he was first trialling out the cravat thing for himself, he, he wanted me to style it on him and he said, oh, let's do that scarf. And, and mm. I picked up the scarf. And I didn't know when I bought it, it was Hermes, as I say. So when I was styling it on him, and I was tying it, I went, oh, hang on a minute, does that say, oh, my God, does that say Hermes? <laughs> <laughs> is that I, was like, hey, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, and I took it off him, and then I'm holding it up to the light, I found the tag, and it's all in French, like Soie, S-O-I-E, for silk in French, mm. made in France, and then wow. the more I Googled, when you find an authentic one, the artist signature. How much signature, is that worth? <laughs> Oh, they're nearly a thousand dollars Hermes scarves, oh I believe. Oh my gosh. I believe. Oh, so, maybe. So but you got I'm it for sure. a dollar. I got it for a dollar. Yeah. And it's real. And I can't believe it. Wow. You know, it's just and this is the beauty of thrifting. You just sometimes when you get that oh, when you find that thing. And I love it even more because I, I didn't buy it because it was Hermes. I bought it because I loved it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And then a month later I was rewarded with the fact that it's it's actually designer. So yes. I found that was a great piece. When I lived in New York, I found a pair of never been worn Manolo Blahnik pointy toe black velvet oh, suede get out like, of town pumps. Wow. Still had the eight hundred and forty dollars price tag on the bottom. I got them for twenty five dollars. Oh, <gasps> I'm drooling. <laughs> what size?
1: What size? There <laughs> are there are thirty
2: seven point five. So oh, oh that's that,
0: that's my size. <laughs> there
2: you go. Well, you can try um, I also found a '90s Fendi-style baguette. uh Not not the baguette with the clasp, but mm. like a little kind of like more of like a pochette, like the little, yep. you know, kind of very '90s little hand sort of bag. Yeah, yeah. Um. And I found that for five dollars <gasps> in hidden hidden oh, underneath yeah. the wallets. Oh my gosh. Um, oh my gosh. And as far as I can tell, that's
0: real as well.
2: Um I've looked at I've looked at it in detail of how one of my friends who worked in pre love luxury look at it and mm. she's like, Yeah, babe, that's real.
0: That that's real. Wow. Um, oh my gosh. There's more do... I could go on all day, I've found it. Yeah. But but that's a few goodies. Yeah. Do you feel that? Oh, wow. Um thrifting well, I've heard that thrifting overseas, like in New York or Paris or London is a lot better than how it is here in Australia. Do you think Australia is catching up to that kind of level?
2: I think it is. And Hmm. I think it's, I, I think it's just different. I, you know, I, when you go to New York, you know, especially if you go upstate New York, if you go out of Manhattan, there's mm. the the thrift stores there are like supermarkets. They are huge. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it's very inexpensive, especially if you go out of Manhattan. So mm. it's the same as, you know, in Sydney. If you're in the city, things are more expensive. If you're in Manhattan, things are more expensive. Mm. Yeah. And and there's a strong pre loved luxury in consignment. Uh, seen in New York in Manhattan, yeah. Um, yeah. But it is, it's yeah, it's different. And but I think Australian thrifting is just as good, but yeah, just different. And I I try to whilst I'll go to the stores that are that are in the city. I love going on road trips and going to the small ones and the unassuming yes. ones, and the the places that people don't think are cool. They're my favorite. Yeah, because I. It's like, what do you got? I just got a
1: really cool one in Barrel, which I'll send you the details Ooh, to. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: think you would love it. Oh, I'd love to see that. Yes, please. And yeah. that's the thing. It's like I just, you know, everywhere I go, I, I will Google best thrift stores or thrift stores near me <laughs> or, you know, and I'll just I'll just go check it out because I, I think I try not to just box myself in with these are my favourite and I only go here because I feel yeah. like you miss out, you know, so I I just try to explore it all. But I do love the thrifting in in New York. And then the thrifting in London is different again. You've got areas like Brick Lane in East London, Mm, which is phenomenal. I mean, culturally as well, it's so amazing. There's like incredible incredible Indian culture and Indian food and, you know, um, Kenyan food and just, oh, my gosh, amazing stuff. But they have this whole kind of almost like off the street and underground like just vendor after vendor of incredible oh, vintage and yeah. secondhand. And, oh, it's such a vibe. But, again, it's yeah. a different, you know. They're all good, really.
1: When are we going?
2: <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> when are we going? Let's lock this in. Let's like. lock it in. Let's do a world, a world thrifting tour.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Imagine doing something like that. It
2: would be so cool. Gosh, oh we'd, my need, goodness. We'd, we'd, we'd need a big suitcase, that's for sure. Maybe <laughs> like
0: that's that. an idea for your next book, I mean, Trifting Around the World. Oh, oh wow. That is a
2: good idea, actually.
0: Yeah, I, I'd love <laughs> that. I, I, yeah, that book would be fantastic. It would be like that a would be amazing. around the yeah. world. That would be so cool
2: because, again, like the flea markets in Paris, that's another mm, different scenario, mm. you know. That's, that's a whole different vibe. There oh. you go. You've got book number two Read it. go. It's so funny because I have been thinking about book number two, but um, I, I do really like that idea. That's a really
0: interesting one. <laughs> and you can take a tax deduction for all your traveling because it's for a book. class. Oh my First class it's interesting.
1: It's part of
2: the gig. Of the gig. You have yeah. To <laughs> totally. I'm claiming that yeah <laughs> it's a right
1: about talking about books tell us about your book anyway like what is it about and sure. um how did it, i know covid the whole covid thing inspired you mm. um but yeah what what what's in the book what can we find in the book
2: my book is called Opshopulence. so i took the word op shopping and the concept of opulence and made my own word which is yeah. really Love about it shape-shifting and changing the narrative and changing the way we see secondhand. Mm-hmm. For me, really diving into thrifting not only as a passion but as a career has been completely transformational for me. It's opened my mind to what our fashion can do for people mm-hmm. and planet. So mm-hmm. that's really the premise of the book. The the premise is really to show people how beautiful and decadent and glorious it is not just from a visual and aesthetics perspective but from the power it can have to transform, because yeah. when you shop at a thrift store, that money goes into the community and goes into programs that that charity mm. is undertaking. So, with the Salvation for Salvation Army, for example, they have programs that help people in the community who are experiencing things like homelessness, domestic violence, drug mm. and alcohol addiction, natural yeah. disaster. Yeah. So those clothes that you buy, that's where your mm. money goes. Yeah. For, for me it's a no-brainer. And and the other reason I I wrote it was to educate people on what's actually happening in the fashion industry. So the book the book starts, you know, talking about why we need a fashion revolution. We can't keep consuming and overproducing. Yes. yes. Um it's just we're killing the planet. Yeah. Uh, and each other. <laughs> so, you know, mm. it's we really need to shift the way we look at things and we need to stop focusing on new is better and, you know, shiny and expensive is, is the best and it's mm-hmm. it's just not true. Yeah. So yeah. so the book really is an education piece. Um, I, I really hope that it's a shape-shifter for people, for them to have that aha moment where they go, yep, I'm going to get back into thrifting or I've never tried this but I'm going to give it a go. Um, and Do you I want like – because you've been doing this for like 10 years now, haven't you?
1: Yeah, as um, a career. Yeah. yeah. Do you think – do you find like over the years the uh, mindset has changed a little? Because I remember, and you know, when I said I was doing it, this was like back in ninety six, ninety seven, mm. when when me and my friends were doing the op shopping, and it was really looked down upon. Like mm. it was kind of like, ooh, it's second hand. Like, why would you do that?
2: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Now, um, like, is it is it changing though? Like. The way people are thinking about it,
2: absolutely. And I, I really understand where you're coming from with that, because when I started my job, people thought I was crazy as well. They're like, "What? Ew! It's old. Yeah, house has worn that. That's gross. Does it smell? Like you're going to get bed bugs. Like yes. there was, <laughs> you know, there was all these perceptions. And yes. <laughs> and look, you know, I'm not going to lie. There are some stores you know, that I've been into thrift stores that are pretty funky and you know, it is it's yeah. not clean and there's a couple in New York that are just like, wow, okay. You know, there's there's definitely some crazy stuff going on there. But I think perception and attitude has completely shifted. And I think mm. I think the big part of that is is COVID and what we went through. And yeah. You know, a lot of our a lot of our perceptions have changed of what's important and and, and I'm really noticing now, you know, that consumers want to shop with a purpose they want mm. to know where their clothes are coming from or what their clothes they're doing and yes. I think you know from from a perspective of individuality as well when you're thrifting you're not going to look like anyone else and everybody wants to be unique and have their own expression right but if you go yes. to a, a mainstream store or a high street yes. store as the Brits call it chances are someone else is going to have that outfit you know so it's, yes I think people are really seeing the opportunity in the sense of, wow, I can be individual. Wow, I can help. Wow, I can reduce my impact. Yeah. So so now, you know, having started my job 10 years ago, people thinking I was crazy, now it's definitely become cool. And yeah, it's it is so cool. exciting. It's yeah. so exciting to see people change. I mean, just looking on, you know, platforms like TikTok, there's a whole hashtag called Thrift Talk and there's a whole community of incredible thrifters you know and there's this this, it's a huge movement um i'm seeing and you know they're predicting that it's it's going to take over mainstream fast fashion the resale market the pre-love market the thrift market um there's a lot of really interesting statistics coming forward that it's absolutely shifting wow i think also too the overarching theme there is you know circularity so that even though they're you know, selling it for their own profit. They're keeping the clothes out of landfill and from being thrown out. Exactly. And, you know. Yeah. Um, so so that's a good thing. And 100%. also, to to highlight people's um, how we all overconsume, right? So Yeah. yeah true. Um,
1: but I wonder that, you know, you walk into, like, say, without name, like, you know, you walk into those stores mm. and, one in particular i'm always like oh my gosh like how like what happens to all these clothes because you can't possibly sell everything that's right in this store that's right they just just
2: make too much you know that's just that's the thing it's like it's just crazy how much crazy it's produced crazy we don't need that much you know that's the thing like Mm.
0: I'm just curious, Faye, do you know how the salvos work? You know, I mean, there are all these, like, bins that are placed around where you can donate your clothes. Who who actually goes to and picks out things for, for the salvo stores?
2: We have a huge amount of staff. Um, mm. A lot of them are volunteers, so mm. we rely
0: really heavily on
2: volunteers mm. Um, and they're just incredible what they do so we always encourage people to donate during opening hours so go into the store and there's quite often outside the store there's designated bins and boxes that you can Mm. donate into yeah i shouldn't shouldn't say bins more containers and things yeah um that people donate into and So then, there's specific staff that you know it's their job to go through that and to and to sort it and to filter through, and they're they're very discerning. And unfortunately, a lot of the things can't go onto the floor, so we do mm. we are really mindful about that. Why is that? Like, because they're not suitable? Yeah, they're just not they're not good enough quality to sell, so they have to yeah. be recycled. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and some have to unfortunately be discarded. Mm. So so we always just really encourage people to think about when you donate. Would you give it to a friend? Would you feel comfortable, you yeah, know, offering yeah. it to them and being mindful about that? Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's a huge process, you know, and, yeah. and we have big teams for it at every store. So it's, um, yeah, the they're, they're busy bees, there's a lot going on every day. So what <laughs> happens
0: with sort of the pieces that don't hit the floor, they get recycled? Is there a, a specific recycling program that they go through or with? Yeah, they uh, work they with, the, with They work with
2: yeah, they work with a few different companies um, that they, you know, do their best to recycle. Sometimes they're given to um, other destinations or other countries or other corporations that can do things with them. Mm-hmm. My oh, okay. my boss in particular is really focused on on finding great solutions for that. And there's a lot of really interesting innovation coming forward. You know, I think the system is not perfect, you know, and, and uh, obviously yet, the, yet. the problem is mm. that there's just too much stuff, yeah. and you can't you can't sell it all. So um, mm. yeah, he's really striving to find a great solution within our country as well, not having to, you know, take things overseas and things like that. Yeah. So there's yeah, stand by, there'll be some pretty cool stuff coming forward in the next, you know, the next decade or so, I think. But mm. it's also getting everybody to catch up with it too, you know. So mm. it's It's not a it's not a quick fix or a set and forget situation. It's a process. Um, and we learn and And as we go. Well,
1: can I just say, like I mean I hate to say it, things are getting a bit tougher, right? Like, you know, you know, it's getting a bit more expensive. I think this is where it gives people the opportunity to get a little bit more creative, you know, with their spending. And I hope this will inspire people. You know to um get back you know get into it um and think it yeah and think it through and the purpose behind it and how ha- and do things with a bit more purpose mm.
0: you know
2: yeah amen to that i think that's been the big journey for me is you know yes you can save money yes like a ton of money yes mm. you can be unique but really connecting back to our clothes and, yeah and mm. the purpose of them you know and yeah. how as, you know, I think it can be overwhelming to think, well, how do I be sustainable? What the hell do I do? Like I can't, yeah. fix, the, I can't fix the world. And no, you mm, can't. But no. as an individual, you the can, steps that you yeah. take, even mm. this conversation that we're having today, yeah. mm, will the help, you choices. know? Yeah, definitely. 100%, 100%, 100%. Like people will hear it and go, oh, I can save money. Oh, I yeah. can help people. Mm. Okay. You know, so yeah. it's like each little bit that we do as individuals has a ripple effect and it has an impact so never think that you can't make a difference because you can each choice that you make definitely affects somebody else around you whether it's a friend or a family member or you know a follower or a subscriber or whatever it may be it's absolutely you know just show up and do what you can and that's that's exciting
0: that we all can do that as individuals
1: and look amazing doing it
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right just going back to the recycling uh bit i know there are I've seen things that are dumped at Salvo's doorsteps and I'm just wondering, I mean, they, there are charities out there where they make blankets for uh, people in third world countries. I wonder mm. if, if that the things that are not suitable for the store could be contributed to those charities and they can then make quilts out of them.
2: That's a beautiful idea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. I think it's definitely worth investigating if if they haven't already mm, um yeah. i think there's i think there's lots of options you know and i think a lot of it is really just starting to come to the surface now because sustainability is such a big conversation which is fantastic because 10 years ago it wasn't
0: no so, it wasn't yeah um, no so it's really a must have I th- yeah
2: i think we have a great opportunity to create a fantastic closed loop system by that i mean everything stays in the loop we're not throwing anything out you know yeah um i mean that's the that's the ultimate goal but i think Mm. the most important thing is we need to stop making so much stuff in the first place
1: yeah
2: and use what we have you know and and get creative with what we have just looking at this month's um fashion month and and seeing some of the things that are going down the runway and seeing some of the the trends in adverted commas, um, because trends is a funny word really, but Mm. seeing some of the things that are going down the runway and how designers are really focusing on sustainability and artisan culture and supporting local and just doing things differently. I've seen a real shift and that's where it starts, as we know. It starts with the luxury market. It starts with the high fashion. It starts with Mm. all the big designers and the celebrities and it filters down. So you're seeing that shift there. I think eventually, you know, it's really the whole system. I think will they really
1: need to. I think they really do need to relook look at the whole system, like you said, oh, because absolutely. this whole fast fashion—that's literally what it is—fast fashion. Because people have gotten so used to getting things immediately. Yeah, they've you got you know, to make like action. having it available. Yeah. you know, so they would have to mass produce, you know, ridiculous mm-hmm. amounts of of product. You know, and, and also, you know, it's a market. Like, yes, there's a demand, but you also at the same time don't know what you're going to sell, you mm, know. That's right. Because what they love one day doesn't necessarily resonate the next day either. Like, because people have become so, like, quick to change their mind. Yeah, yeah absolutely, <clears throat> you know. Whereas I think they need to really look at maybe not it's you know this it's not about fast fashion it's really slowing it down and really customizing it it's like well if you're going to bring out something new you know do you know do the pre order and due to like the number of sales like don't just mass produce it it's like and do a limited edition <laughs> you know um, yeah. bring bring a little bit of excitement back and go look this is limited edition there's only going to be a hundred of these that's it we're not mass producing it and if you're one of the one one of 100 that gets it they're lucky you you know and if you have to wait then you have to wait but I think it is again um, educating people in slowing down Mm. and and also really um, connecting with what they're actually purchasing because Mm. you know you you want to get something you love
2: and if you love it you'll wait for it. Amen Um, to that because and, and that's a huge reason I wrote my book is helping people to have that shift that you're having, exactly what we're talking about right now, you know. Mm, And as consumers, we forget how powerful we are. If we stop supporting those brands that are overproducing, that are involved in slave labour, that are not supporting their garment workers, that are not paying them properly, if we stop shopping there, guess what happens?
1: Yeah, they're not successful
2: That's, anymore. Exactly. Exactly. They have to change their approach. They have to they have to change their production process. If yeah. the consumers aren't buying it, then they got a problem. But I think you know, there's there's so many overarching things that are going on there. You know, they're pushed forward in social media. It's all about it's capitalism, it's money, it's all those things. You know, it so is. it's it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to change, and I don't know if we can change it in it's, our lifetime. But no. I think. Um, I think but, we can do what we can, and as I say, I'm seeing a huge shift. Anyway, the consciousness is really shifting, and consumers are definitely yeah. wanting different things.
1: Absolutely. Um, and then, look, you know, like you said, it is really difficult. Like, I mean, it took even for my family. Like, we, um, not that we were like overspenders and and all that sort of stuff, but we went through this whole process about three years ago where we literally Marie Kondoed our entire place. Love like that. <laughs> yes and um you only buy things if we really need it like say if something's like just gone you know your white tops just gone really tacky and you need a white top hmm. so it sticks to the basics but then also it's things you absolutely love and adore and it is unique to you so and it doesn't matter about the price tag it's that some one piece where you're like you know what that's like You know, the most beautiful leather jacket, I don't care if it's $100 or $500, but I'm going to wear that to death. Like, I'm going to have, I know I'm going to have that leather jacket for the next 10 years, so I'm getting it.
2: (laughs) I think that's a really powerful approach. And these are the questions that we can ask ourselves individually before we buy something. You know, I have this theory of stop before you shop and ask yourself these questions. Do I really love it? Can I envisage myself wearing it at least three different ways five different ways? Yeah. Can I see myself wearing this season after season? Do I have something like it? Do I have something that I could recreate? Could I thrift yes. it? Could I buy it secondhand? Absolutely. And if it's a no to all of those things or yes to all of those things, you know there are there are still you're still being sustainable if you as you say are going to buy something that you really love and that you're going yeah. to have forever you know like I think that's mindfulness as well so it's just really having that little check-in yes and asking yourself those questions before you shop I think is a really powerful way to go about it because quite often you'll be able to answer some of those questions with wow okay well no I don't really need that or yes yes yes, I absolutely do Mm -hmm. and it sparks joy as Marie says you know and I'm going to buy it for myself cuz I love yes. it and that's
0: okay too. Just a just a yeah, question, um, are you like you you're a stylist as well and um you were saying like you could you would turn scarves into tops or uh different types mm, of jackets out- outfits. And are you very nifty with the sewing machine?
2: <laughs> I'm not nifty with the sewing machine. I'm great with hand ah, sewing, but I I'm I do want to teach myself to sew, yeah. but no, the way that I style is more just restyling so I will pin things I will tuck yeah, things I, will, I okay. will belt things yeah, Roaches yeah. And safety pins are my yes. like
0: my icons yes.
2: <laughs> so, have you have you attempted to like
1: recreate like where you've got in a piece and you reconstruct it I suppose but be, be
2: dazzling yeah, <laughs> yeah all yeah. the time all the time and the other the other big tip that I have is if you can't sew on a on a machine like hmm. me have a dressmaker, even if you can So mm. have a dressmaker or a great tailor mm. on speed dial yeah. that you know because the thing with thrifting, and this has happened to me, I found designer pieces. I found a beautiful vintage men's Dior jacket mm. and it was too big for me and it had really kind of intense shoulder pads. So I took it to my dressmaker and she altered Lovely. it for me and it's still way cheaper than going into a Dior mm. store and buying mm. a jacket. And, hey, yeah, look, yeah I'd love yeah. to do that too if we all had the money for that. That's great yes. too. But you know, I think having that tailor, having that dressmaker, is a really great way to recreate mm. things. And she's fantastic. I can take a runway pick to her and say, "I want to recreate this. I've thrifted this trench coat and this denim yeah. jacket. Can yeah. you help me? Can you help me slice it up and customize oh, it?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah let's I do like it." I like that idea. So
0: oh, wow. So Doing that's another great well. way yeah. to
2: create something unique and and runway inspired mm. with thrift clothing is is have a skilled person that can help you and again what you're doing there is you're supporting your local community as well so yes absolutely you're you're tapping into that you know she's a young young girl it's her business um young Chinese girl and you know and she's she runs the store herself she's so Mm. sweet and Every time I take in my crazy ideas, she never she never judges me. She's like, yeah, okay, let's like do it. And that's such an
1: old school thing, out too, like being a seamstress
2: or tailor. It's and, beautiful. Yeah, you it know, is. It talking is. about waiting for things, I get so excited mm. with that yes. process. Mm. You know, she yeah. makes it. I wait for it. I try it on. It's, yeah. it's even more special than just it's the process. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, so that's that's a, a big tip of mine is. Having someone like that that you can go to to That's alter tip. the things yeah. that you might find. So do you yeah. ever
0: sell your um, outfits back to the salvos?
2: No, I don't sell them back. I If I if I decide I'm not wearing something, I'll donate it mm. back. Um, but no, no, so you, I don't, so you, I don't yeah, sell them sorry, back.
0: Sorry, I, I think I meant to say do you like donate it back to the salvos? Yes,
2: yes, yeah. yeah, so I donate yeah. a lot. So I have a rule if something comes mm. in um I I have to take something out Uh, so you put it back into the circle (laughs) again
0: yeah yeah otherwise
2: I just get overwhelmed Mm. I live in a small Mm. inner city apartment you know storage is limited here so that's been Mm. a real kind of baptism of fire for me Mm. as well being a former excessive girl you know I've had to really downsize and downscale and I'm grateful for that because it makes me really accountable like if there's no space for me to fold that and put it in a drawer, then it can't come in here. Or if I love it that much, something's got to go out. So what am I not wearing? What have I not been wearing for six months? Yeah, like I'm, quite, yeah. I'm quite brutal with myself. And and also, too, I try not to buy too much. Like people will say to me, hm, you find all these great things, where do you store them all? And I'm like, well, for the most part, the things that you see me talking about, I don't buy them. I'm just giving you guys ideas. Mm, yeah. And I'm leaving, I'm leaving it there for you to find. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like I, I very rarely I try to be really strict because yes otherwise you just become as I call it an eco hoarder you know you're still hoarding but you think you're doing it sustainably but <laughs> you're not you're still hoarding no
0: that, I think that's a that's a good important mindset to maintain as well mm. it's like to put once you take something in put it and then give something out back into the cycle of things so I,
2: that's right. It's, and it's it letting with, it go. You've it's letting it go is powerful. Yeah. Like mm. I find every time I declutter and we we're talking about, you know, having that Marie Kondo moment before, yeah. I yeah. always find that that's really powerful for me. Like it invites new energy into my life, whether it be Absolutely. a new opportunity or, you know, unexpected extra money or like just little things will happen, you know, because yeah. you're clearing that space. I, I find if I have too many things, it affects my mental health. Like it's overwhelming. Yeah. I feel cluttered. I feel heavy. You know, I feel confused. But when you clean those things out, I feel yep. better in myself energetically. Mm. So it
1: is.
2: it's quite a spiritual experience. It know. is
1: actually. I agree mm. with you. When we first started it, it, it was,
2: I think it's really difficult at first.
1: But oh, once awful. you do, it's, <laughs> it's kind horrific. of like you can't live without
2: so there's a chapter in my book um, and it's based around a scientific theory called Enclothed Cognition, Enclothed Cognition. So Enclothed Cognition is basically this proven scientific theory that clothes affect how we feel and that we have memories mm, true. attached to yeah, them. To so so you can, you know, hold on to something because it's, you know, what you went on your first date with with your yeah. partner. Or you could hold on to something because you used to be a size 8 and now you're a 14 and you want to get back mm. to that. Yes. You know, it's like you hold on to these pieces. But quite often what that does is just hold you back because yes. you you have this attachment. But we all do it and and that's why I talked about it in my book mm. because it's a really interesting study to dive yes. into and to think about and and to look at your own habits and think, okay, well, what am I hanging on to that I haven't worn for six months and it's just gathering dust? It's not going to fit me again because my body's different. Like, why yeah. am I, why am I tormenting myself? <laughs> yeah, like, just yeah, let yeah. it go. You know, um, that's so but, interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting yeah. because it's it's such a human, it's a human trait. Like, it's yeah. And so I'm not surprised that there's this scientific theory back. You know, very interesting these items, mm. don't they? Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. So, Faye, um, any advice for those who
1: want to create, um, you know, work or a job aligned with your values and passions? What What advice would you give them?
2: I think I would advise them to just follow that bliss, follow that innate gut feeling of I feel great when I do this. How do I turn it into a job? And, mm. you know, I, I'm no business expert but I'm, I'm definitely intuitive and, and I definitely... I'm guided by that feeling and so when you're in that state, when you're in that flow state, when you're doing things that you love, think about how could this be what I do every day and just work towards that, whether it be setting up a meeting with, you know, someone that you are really inspired Mm. by or just finding a mentor, asking questions, you know, following people that really inspire you. YouTube is incredible for, like, guidance and tips on things uh, but there was no sort of set formula that I adhered to with my job. It really just came out of me. <laughs> my essence, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, but I, I I really believe in that powerful feeling that we all get. You know, you have some jobs where you're like, I don't want to be here. I hate this. This is not me. I'm frustrated. Mm. I'm like we know that. You know, and then there are other things that you do that you just feel so happy doing. You lose time, you know, like you lose where you are because you're just yeah so in the moment. And I've, I really feel that we can all have a job like that. You don't have to sacrifice, you know, your happiness for doing things that you don't love. But, yeah, it's, it's important to have a, a side hustle as you're kind of, you know, working on that, on that dream job or important to have income, obviously. Mm. But, um, but, yeah, I would really just listen to that feeling and yeah. be guided by it
0: and seek out people who can surround yourself with the you right know, guide, people. guide yeah. you on your journey. Yeah, no, exactly I love that so much. So, um, I think we're coming up to an hour now. So, um, so Faye, if, if, if our audience want to find you and contact you for, um, maybe styling tips or they want to find your book, where, where do they go?
2: Thank you for asking. They can go to a few different places. So on TikTok and Instagram, my handle is just my name, at Faye Delanti, F-A-Y-E-D-E-L-A-N-T-Y. Uh, my book is opshopulence.com. So you can buy my book via that website. It's on Amazon, Booktopia and Book Depository. Wonderful.
0: We'll make sure to link um, your, your book on our website. Thank you so yeah. much.
2: Thank you. Yeah, she's – um. She's definitely having an impact and I'm really proud yeah.
0: of it. So it's it's and exciting. for your it's exciting to book.
2: share her with you. Yes, well. You've given me a good little prompt <laughs> so thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah. So thank you so much Faye. I mean that was just such a fascinating so much, conversation on sustainability and also just your, your uh, it coming from your inner self, your your bliss that you've managed to create mm. all of this and teach us more about sustainability and fashion. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you for being interested and for asking me on no, the show. No, I, I love very, talking. I love talking yeah. about this stuff. So it was, it was juicy, yeah, wasn't it? Very it was compelling. good it was, <laughs> it, was. <laughs> it was. It
0: was. Absolutely. All right then. Well, have a lovely thank day. You so oh, thank having you so me. much. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, i we mean, truly appreciate you listening in. If you have enjoyed this podcast, Please leave us a rating and a review.
1: You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio.
0: You can also find us on our website, thebeautybusinesspodcast.com and Instagram at the Beauty business Podcast. And on Facebook at the Beauty Business Podcast. Feel free to email us at info at the or DM us if there are any issues you would like us to cover.